0: It's really interesting to see what they find is important to them after 80 years of living, when sometimes they end up in one little room because they can't afford a house anymore or they've lost their partner and they just don't need all that space anymore.
1: Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Welcome to Rock
2: Your Retirement. This is the show where we talk about retirement lifestyle. We don't talk about money generally, but we talk about the other things that you're going to need to know when you retire. Today's show brings us Angela Gentile. She has a whole bunch of letters after her name, and I'm going to let her explain that. But basically, she has over 25 years working with older adults and their families in various capacities. She does health care, private practice, long-term care, things like that. And the reason why I wanted her to come on the show, a couple of reasons. Number one, she's written a couple of books on dementia caregiving, those kind of things. And I know that many of my listeners are dealing with that right now. She's also agreed to help us improve our own memory. So welcome, Angela, to the show. Thank you very
0: much, Kathy, for having me.
2: Well, I'm so glad that you did agree to come on the show. So tell me about your story. What's your story? Why did you decide to go into the type of business that you're in?
0: It all started when I was uh, about 17 years old. I got a part-time job in a nursing home. I started working as a kitchen aid helper, and I found working with older adults to be very rewarding. I just loved to be talking with the elders, the people that were living there, and I especially loved to see them smile. What happened from there is I just started to become more and more interested in working with older people and I had four living grandparents at the time so I just naturally fell in love with older people and I respected them and I never had a fear of older people I know that there's a lot of ageism out there but I never experienced that in my in my world with my family and, and in my work and then I ended up going into university and got a degree in social work. I naturally went right into geriatric social work. I started working in a nursing home, and I did work with long-term care, as you mentioned. I worked in home care. I did all kinds of different things with older adults and their families. So I've, I've worked with hundreds, maybe thousands of people And what happened in 2012 is I decided I wanted to go further with my uh, knowledge in geriatrics and gerontology, working with older adults and aging. And I got my master's degree in social work with a specialization in aging. So it's just happened so naturally and fluidly that I've come to this point now in my career where I feel very well educated and experienced to help older adults and their families in in a variety of ways well that's
2: great now has all of this education helped you in your own personal situation at all?
0: yes what's happened for me is I've become sort of the go-to person when people have questions about their aging relatives or if I have say my parents my parents are still alive so they're going through some things as they age and I'm just very knowledgeable and confident with how I can help. I have a clinical social work degree as well. So I can also help people in terms of psychotherapy, like talk therapy. So if people are struggling with, oh, how am I going to help dad with this? Or how am I going to get through this? My mom has lots of anxiety. So my friends come to me. You know, so it's just kind of helped enhance my relationships with people. I also look forward to aging myself because I can see ahead now. I see what some of the challenges may be. And I also see what the positive things are of of growing older.
2: Yeah, it seems that we, we let go of certain things that don't really matter, that we all think really matters when we're younger, like accumulating things. Just things that when you really look at it don't really matter. Have you found that to be the case?
0: Well, it's interesting that you say that because I've noticed with the older adults that I go out to see in my job, I often look around and I see what valuable pieces of either their personal belongings or pictures or things they have hanging on the walls. And I look at it and I think, This is what matters to them most. Like the petty point roses that they did when they were in their 50s, or the picture of their grandchildren, uh, when, you know, they, when they were first born, or the picture of the family portrait that they did when they were a young family. It's just interesting to see what people are left with after 80 years of living when sometimes they end up in one little room because they can't afford a house anymore or they've lost their partner and they just don't need all that space anymore. It's really interesting to see what they find is important to them in the last year. So yes, all that accumulation, all those cars that we wanted and those pieces of furniture we wanted and all that, like it doesn't matter anymore. What matters is the memory and the Even uh, sometimes I see those congratulations from, I'm from Canada, so congratulations from the queen on your 60th wedding anniversary.
2: Wait a minute, the queen? The queen sends
0: you a congratulations? (laughs) Really? I think so, or something. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So (laughs) those are the things that people treasure and, and they value up on their walls at the end of their lives. It's not, like you said, all the accumulated things that we've been shopping for and so frantically needing or so we think we need.
2: That's right. That's right. In fact, probably the stuff is probably a hindrance to our lives. Makes your life a lot more complicated when you have a lot of stuff.
0: I see it now, like in our neighborhood, I see people that have pools and then they say, oh, I got to get that looked after. And then they have all these cars. Well, where are we going to park this one in the winter? And where are we, what are we going to do when we have company over with all these people and all these cars? And like, so much maintenance, all these yards that need to be, the lawns that need to be cut in here in Canada, the snow that needs to be shoveled, (laughs) just so much to do, so much maintenance of all these things that we have. That's right. And so that is
2: like you said in the beginning, it is, you do, there are some benefits of growing older that we don't think about, but that is definitely one of them when you can just shed all the stuff that you, that you have. So that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about dementia. You know, I I have interviewed a couple of different people on dementia, nobody that was a professional, just people who have given their personal stories. I know that dementia is not the same as losing your memory. So... I'm going to say a little saying and you tell me if this is correct because I am very absent-minded and I don't remember things unless somebody reminds me, which is really good if I'm mad at you because I, I will forget that I'm mad at you and I'll forget what the whole thing was. So I was told that dementia, Alzheimer's, if you lose your keys, you don't have to worry about the fact that you have dementia or Alzheimer's. But if you find them in the refrigerator, then there's probably a problem. So, yeah, is is that true?
0: Yes. Okay. So the way that I see it, and the way that I understand, I've I, I worked as a geriatric mental health clinician for seven years now. So I work very closely with a geriatric psychiatrist and a team of professionals who are uh, very well versed in dementia and Alzheimer's type related dementias. So the way that I see it is think of it like an umbrella term. So there's an umbrella and it's called dementia. And then under the umbrella, you will see a lot of different types of conditions that cause dementia. Dementia is what happens to your brain as you start losing your capacity to remember things, to process things, to do things in order. You lose maybe your sense of uh, time in your life, you might lose your sense of direction. So dementia comes in a few different specific symptoms. So then when you start experiencing those symptoms, then the doctor or the specialist, usually some kind of a specialist, like a neurologist or a, a geriatric psychiatrist or a geriatrician, these are all specialists that work with older adults. If you're older, these are 65 and older, I'm thinking, you might be diagnosed with Alzheimer's type dementia. So, Alzheimer's is the most common form of dementia, and it's usually a slow process. So, it's like if you imagine on a graph, like it's a very slow, gradual decline, and that's the most classic form of dementia. Then, the other types of dementia could include vascular dementia. And vascular dementia is one of those types of dementia where we are learning that we can prevent it because vascular dementia is caused by strokes. Strokes can be caused by, you know, heart disease or uh, high cholesterol, for example. So these kinds of heart related disorders can be controlled in some cases by proper diet, proper exercise, not smoking. You know, reducing the stress in your in your life. So vascular dementia is probably the second most common type of dementia. And then you also see mixed dementia. So you could have an Alzheimer's type of dementia plus a vascular type of dementia. And also in that vascular type is diabetes. Diabetes is a high risk factor for vascular dementia. So then there are other types. There's Lewy body dementia. Um, there's dementia that's caused by alcohol consumption called Korsakoff's. So there are different types of dementias. Okay. Well, thank
2: you for that education there. If your family member has dementia, you probably don't care what kind they have. You just want to know that you can help them. And one of the ways that you can help them is by not losing your own memory, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, that's interesting, too, because I do see older couples where one has dementia and then the other partner, like, like say a man with dementia, and then his wife partner has some issues with her cognition, with her thinking. Sometimes both of them end up with dementia. So it usually doesn't happen right at the same time. But because dementia is an age-related disorder, like the older you get, the higher your chances are of getting dementia. We see that in older adults, where if they both survive well into their 80s and 90s, there's a high chance that they both could get dementia.
2: Wow. So if you have two living parents and two living in-laws, then you've got quadruple the the chance.
0: (laughs) You do. And, and I hear that too. I hear people say, oh my gosh, my, I talk to like, say a middle-aged woman and she's saying, oh my gosh, my mom, I think she has dementia. And you know what? We're working with my husband's dad who's in a nursing home and he's got dementia. Like I hear it, like they get it from all sides.
2: That's crazy. Now, now let's move from talking about dementia to talking about memory. So there's a difference, right, between your memory of like a regular person forgetting things and dementia, right?
0: Yeah, when we do our um, assessments and we're trying to figure out, like, does this person have what we call a mild cognitive impairment, which is some problems with your memory, or do they have a dementia? There, there definitely is a difference there. So when you have problems with your memory. It's actually common as we get older that we have some problems with our short term memory, like maybe we forget an appointment that we had if we didn't write it down, or maybe we forget the name of somebody that we should remember and it comes back to us in time. Those kinds of things are normal as we age. What happens is, though, if there's a lot of those memory problems and it starts to get worse, then we might start forgetting how to get from the grocery store back home. So then now we're starting to get a little trouble with our direction. And then, oh boy, well, what if now we got lost when we were driving home? Well, now we're wondering, did the person have trouble seeking help to get directions home? So once they start having trouble problem solving, then you start saying, okay, well, there must be something else going on here. It's not just their memory. Now they're having trouble figuring out how to solve problems, for example. That might be another sign. Right. Okay, good. Well, we are currently
2: talking with Angela Gentile about dementia and memory loss, and we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about her books that she's written to help us deal with these problems.
1: How much paper do you need to save? Hi, this is Lisa Woodruff, and I'm a professional organizer and productivity expert. And today I'm answering the question, how much of this paper do you need to save? Today's digital age is hard for me to wrap my head around. I mean, when I grew up, everything was in paper and there weren't computers. Do you understand? So we have a lot of paper because... That's how we grew up. That's how we were raised. That's how we started our families. But honestly, 80% of what's in your filing cabinet can go. Here's how you tackle that filing cabinet. One file at a time. Take a file, decide what needs to be shredded, what can be recycled, and what needs to be saved, and put your file right back in your filing cabinet. Now your shreddable items can go into a paper bag from the grocery store and then you could take that full paper bag to any office supply store in the United States and have it shredded for a dollar a pound. So you're looking at about $10 to $15 for a full paper bag. Way better than shredding each piece of paper yourself. So you can do this one file at a time. Check out the Organize 365 podcast for more on how to get organized as you rock your retirement.
2: Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement show. We are speaking with Angela Gentile, who has over 25 years of experience working with older adults. And now we're going to talk to her about the books that she's written regarding dementia. So Angela, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Kathy. Okay. So Angela, you actually have a couple of books. One is for professionals, but the other one is actually for us. Do you
0: want to tell us a little bit about that book? I would love to. I have a book called Caring for a Husband with Dementia, The Ultimate Survival Guide. This book was written two years ago as of March, 2017. So it's my, my book's second year anniversary. And with it, I've also released a Dementia Caregiver Solutions app for the iPhone. So the book was written after I had worked with eight caregiving wives who all had a husband who had dementia. And it was through my work when I was getting my master's of social work degree, I had to choose a topic. And I designed, implemented, and then evaluated a short term counseling program for these wives. And I learned so much from them. We learned together and I offered them the support, the education, the skills, the tools, whatever they needed to get through from diagnosing, from finding out your husband has dementia, all the way through to behavioral problems, to coping as a caregiver, to the grief and loss that caregivers feel, all the way through to long-term care and beyond. So it really covers, like I call the ultimate survival guide, because it really does cover all those things. And it's written in such a way that's so easy and precise, because I know caregivers don't have the time to read these big books. So this one is nice, compact, easy to read, even in large print. (laughs) (laughs) It's easy to see and easy to read. And I've been told by some that it's almost like a Bible, like they keep it by their bed and they refer to it. And some of them have said it says everything they've been thinking And it's just helped them feel so much better as a caregiver, so much more confident.
2: Wow. Thank you for writing that note. For our younger audience members who have an iPhone, how does the app work? What do you do with the app?
0: Let's say you're in a situation where you have your iPhone with you and you're looking after somebody who has dementia. You could be a professional caregiver. You could be a family member. You could be a friend. And you're with somebody who's saying, I want to go home. And meanwhile, that person is already at home. So that's one of the behaviors that that often comes up with somebody who has dementia. They don't feel that the space they're in, they don't feel it's their space because they don't recognize it.
2: Or they might be thinking back to when they're 15.
0: Yes. So they go back in time and they don't recognize their current home, but that is their current home. So the app will offer you some Solutions of how to help that person if they want to go home. So you just look it up on your iPhone and you go to wants to go home. And one of the things it might say is when the person is expressing a need to leave, redirect them or ask them to help you out with something or maybe offer a cup of coffee or a bite to eat first. I love it. Yeah, so basically, you're just kind of saying, Why don't you come and and have a coffee with me before you go? I'll get you there. I need to do something first, and then I'll get you there. And then by the time you get distracted, the person gets distracted. (laughs) Yeah, they don't think about going home anymore. Now they're enjoying the company of the visit, and they kind of forget. Now, if that doesn't work, there's other strategies. There's all kinds of things in there to look through. Wow, that's really cool. What's the name of your app? Dementia Caregiver Solutions. And I wrote that together with a dementia consultant. Her name is Karen Terrell. And my son, Lorenzo Gentile, was the app developer.
2: Wow. That's pretty cool that you have a son as an app developer. Yeah. Does this app cost money? $2.99 US. Well, that seems worth it if, if you're dealing with somebody right now that has dementia, you know. Yes. Now, yeah. is, is this just iPhone or can...
0: Yeah, so far it's just for iOS. But again, all the tips are in my book, Caring for a Husband with Dementia, and it's available on Amazon.
2: Okay. So if you don't have an iPhone, you can buy the book and just refer to it.
0: Exactly. Is there an index? I don't have an index, but the chapter has on chapter 14 on the behaviors is well laid out in terms of the title of the behavior that you're going to be looking for solutions for.
2: Okay. So you just go to chapter 14 and and look that up. Okay, so that is so awesome that you wrote that book. Chapter 14 is a great place for you to look up the behaviors and also the app, of course. Now, before we go, I wanted to talk about the memory strategies that you have given us, especially for us caregivers. We don't have dementia, but we might be losing our focus. I know that happens to me. You have done a little freebie for us called Five Strategies to Help Improve Memory Skills. And you can find that at rockyourretirement.com slash memory skills. And it'll be in the show notes as well. So you can just click on it. So that first strategy that you have listed is pay attention. Now I have a hard time doing that. So tell me about pay attention.
0: I think we... Go into autopilot a lot of the times. So, when we get in the car, I do anyway, I put my seatbelt on. I don't even think about it. I'm just on autopilot. That's good. That's a good habit to have. But sometimes we go into autopilot and then we don't remember that we've done something like for putting on your seatbelt, you know, you put on your seatbelt because you can look down. But for example, if you're in the shower and like I use conditioner in my hair, So let's say I'm washing my hair, I do the soap, and then I do the conditioner, and I'm on autopilot, I might forget, did I do the conditioner? Right. Yeah. So this is where that pay attention comes in. So if you're doing something and you want to remember it, you really have to pay attention, pay close attention.
2: That is so true. Where did I put my checkbook? I just had it in my hand. I don't know where I put it because I wasn't
0: paying attention. So mindfulness is a concept that we hear a lot about, which is being present in the moment and paying attention. So mindfulness is a good skill to develop in terms of our ability to pay attention. So that's the one main strategy that I can leave you with because that is so important. Right. So in other
2: words, don't be texting And uh, trying to do a million things at once. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. Now you have some other tips like Mm -hmm. form habits to help manage things. So for me, like I just said, I might lose my keys all the time. Tell me how I can stop losing my keys all the time by forming a habit.
0: Well, I actually did this myself not too long ago because I was having trouble with remembering where I put my keys in my purse. Because I have five pockets in my purse. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I, don't know I know. <laughs> how many, yeah, I don't know how many pockets your purse has, but mine has a lot. I would continuously be looking okay, which pocket did I put my keys in? Did I put it in here? Did I put it in here? Did I put it in here? So, to combat that problem, I decided to make a deliberate attempt to form a habit to use the same pocket every time. Now it takes a few times, it takes some repetition, it takes some paying attention to make this happen. But now I know where my keys are all the time because I've formed a habit. I paid attention when I first started that process to make sure I know where my keys are going to be.
2: So true and so helpful. Now let's go to the next one. And that is The strategy of association. So, my husband will tell you that I am terrible with remembering things. Just awful. I mean, he will tell me about a restaurant where we've eaten or a trip, actually, a trip that we've gone on, and I won't remember. But if he shows me a picture of it, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I can tell him, oh, yeah, I remember we walked down the street and I was wearing this red dress and blah, blah, blah. So, how what is the strategy of association or cues? How do you do that?
0: What you were talking about was a visual cue to trigger your memories, whereas this is more how to remember something. For example, if you get a new neighbor and she comes over and you know or you meet each other in in the driveway or out in the yard, and she says, "Hello, my name is Maria. How are you going to remember that so When you learn an association with that person, you might look at her and think, oh, I know a lady named Maria. I used to work with her and she had black hair just like this Maria. So now you've associated or made a cue to help you remember that her name is Maria, just like the lady that you used to work with is Maria. So you're using something to help you memorize something to connect them together. Oh,
2: that's awesome. That is great advice. I'm going to have to start doing that. Yes, especially with the names because I do have a hard time remembering people's names. Okay, so then the next one is find a good way to learn it or store it in the first place. So tell me about that because I just put things anywhere. So tell me how we deal with that.
0: Sometimes I go into a home And I'll see a bunch of little post-it notes. Like when I visit my people in the community, I'll go into their home and they'll have post-it notes or little scribbles on notes everywhere. So for some people, they love to put it on paper and write it down. They love to write things down. That helps them remember. So if you learn to remember things by writing it down, like some people do like in school when we were younger. In school, it really helps not to just listen. For some people, listening is all they need. But for some people, they need to write it down. So you will learn what's the best way for you to remember things. For me, I love to put it in my iPhone in a note. My mom, on the other hand, she has a notebook that she keeps beside her so that she has things to remember. And she'll say, oh, yes, I wrote something down about that. Let me go retrieve it and then I will tell you what it was. So that way you've written it down. Now you can remember it and you know where to go get it.
2: Because you've had that association of where you actually put it (laughs) or the mindfulness. Otherwise, you'll spend your life looking for it because you forgot where you put it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Another one would be medications. Like, How are you going to remember to take your medication? I have to take it at 8 a.m.? And I have to take it at 12 noon. So how are you going to remember? Well, maybe you're going to have a little alarm clock to remember. It's going to cue you. Maybe a friend's going to call you, or maybe you have one of those little alarms on your phone or something.
2: Mm, So true. So true.
0: Now, the last one
2: on your tip sheet was about physical exercise. So tell us how that works.
0: Well, we know how important it is to keep physically active as we age. There's lots of studies out there. That are showing how important it is to keep our blood pumping through our body. We know it's important for our organs. Well, our brain is an organ, and that oxygen that we generate through pumping our blood through our veins gets to the brain. Just like it does to our heart, our kidneys, our lungs, it also gets to our brain, and our brain needs oxygen to thrive and survive. So if we don't keep our bodies active and keep the blood pumping, then we have more chances of having more problems with our cognitive brain health. So keep the blood flowing, definitely.
1: Well, good. Well,
2: you have given us a lot of information here. Thank you so much. Is there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't?
0: No, you have done... <laughs> A wonderful job as a host.
2: Well, yeah, I just want to make sure that my memory didn't, you know, I'm like, oh, I forgot (laughs) to ask her about this. (laughs) Okay, so you have this great book, Caring for a Husband with Dementia, The Ultimate Survival Guide. I'm assuming that that can be purchased on Amazon.
0: Yes. And it's good for any caregivers of people with dementia. It could be a daughter with a dad. Could be a sister with a brother. It could be anybody. It doesn't have to necessarily be a wife caring for a husband. It's just that they were the women who I learned so much from, and we can share their knowledge through this book as well,
2: and through your app. So that's that's cool too. So how can people get in touch with you?
0: I have a website. It's AngelaGenteel.com. So Angela A N G E L A G g e n t i l e dot com and i also have um a phone number if if people would like to contact me that way is
2: that eight five five nine seven four four two one nine yes awesome okay good well thank you so much for coming on board we we really appreciate your expertise and your tips that was wonderful
0: well i've enjoyed my time with you it's been wonderful to share my knowledge and I hope it helps somebody.
2: Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for my listener, if you would like to share your story with Angela and me, go to the show notes at rockyourretirement.com and leave a comment. And you can talk to me and other listeners of the show in our private Facebook community. Just click on the community tab of the website. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this has been helpful and we'll see you next week on Rock Your Retirement.
1: Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com.
2: This review starts out as I Needed That by Vajra Body. Vajra Body writes, I listened to Making a Move. As my parents approach their retirement, I'm noticing a huge shift. This episode gave me some great ideas on how to prepare for such a big transition for my parents. I know they're going to need my help. The guest in her company sounds like the perfect thing to make some difficult decisions and moves as easy as possible. Thank you. Well, thanks, Badgerbody. Body. I really appreciate that. Wasn't that fun? I'd love for you to leave a review too. And if you don't know how, just go to rockyourretirement.com slash review and that'll take you to a free video tutorial that shows you how. Oh, wait. I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you're a new listener,